Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Level. I'm JVL, here with my best friends, Tim Miller and Sarah Longwell of The Bulwark. Uh, hit subscribe, give us five stars, do thumbs up, do all the things. We got a big, power-packed show today. I can already tell it's power be a, packed. a good show and a long show. Uh, lots of important issues, lots of news happening. Mm. Sarah, where do you want to start? The Philadelphia Phillies or Taylor Swift? <laughs> don't make me choose between two things I don't want to talk about. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to Taylor. All right. We are going to get to Taylor. So we have to talk about the speakers race because we are on week two, I guess, the end of week two of the the people's house, the people's body no, not having a speaker because the Republican Party isn't great at, at governing. I do. I do I'm wonder. Just, though. I gotta tell you, I'm sick of that phrase. The people's house. It's the people's having house. To, Tim. Having to watch these flowery floor speeches from people that can't these pick a team patriots. captain, talking about the honor of serving the people's house. Just stop. I can't hear it anymore. I would like to start by asking Sarah. In in the vote yesterday, Hakeem Jeffries got 212 votes. Jim Jordan got 200 votes. Why uh, have the Republicans? not for the good of the country, broken off to join with Democrats to make Hakeem... I mean, don't they bear some responsibility mm. in all of this? Uh, concern, maybe. I'm kidding. This is just concern trolling. I know. But can I actually, can I tell you just real quick, I've had yes. this strategic play. This is what I think they should do. Why don't... This is the problem with not exactly the moderates, but like the kind of people who, who sort of want to govern, because I don't think they're exactly moderates. I think I was on the phone with a reporter and they were trying to tell me they were moderates. And I was like, actually, some of them are super conservative. Yeah. They're not moderates. They're just <laughs> no. people who still think governing like should happen. And here's what I think they should do. They should go to like the chaos caucus and be like, make one of us speaker or we're going to work with the Democrats. Like they don't like we keep talking about like they have to work with the Democrats. Well, that would Why leak are... to Newsmax in like yeah. one second. It's not like a credible that. threat. The, Why not? You can't, because they're not going to work with Democrats. The only unforgivable sin. The reason Kevin McCarthy isn't speaker is because he worked with Democrats. You can be indicted on felony charges. You can do anything you want and still basically be okay. You and I normally are in opposite roles here. I'm usually accusing you of fantasy politics. But like this, there is a situation where, because this is a negotiation. So you can go to Democrats and say, we're going we're gonna to switch to independents. Uh, and you're going to make sure no Democrats run against us uh, for our seat. And, you know, we're going to work together and like we're only going to do these five things. Like we're going to keep the government open. We're going to pay the debt, you know, whatever. Um, there is just a world where you could be having a conversation, I think, that's much more productive than the one they're going to have. Unless so I have a bunch of things to say on this, but uh, so, and I want to give Tim no. a chance to talk. But like I just I, I don't know what we did good to deserve to get to watch both Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan go down the way and they're Steve going Scalise. down. Don't forget Steve Scalise going down, too. We got well, to see all has, three of them. He has cancer and has been shot, so it's a little less satisfying. So right now, as we tape, it's like 9-ish a.m. They're supposed to hold this vote at 11. I'm interested to know whether you guys think they'll actually even do it because it looks like he'll go down again. And then I think what we, what may end up happening, what's starting to be floated is McHenry. Yeah. And I just want to say one thing about McHenry, mm -hmm. who is quite conservative and like not somebody I'd normally be like, yeah. But he certified the election and he didn't sign on to the amicus brief. So we've got this like report card that our team has put together. <laughs> it's not uh, this democracy report card. And so like I can go look at all their votes really easily. 
those are like the two things that I think separate. Like he is not a and a hardcore election denier. And I think the low, low, low bar we live by now, like that would be okay with me. Okay. Yeah, That's sure. The okay, it's fine. Yeah, no, please. I, I think we have more to rant out. I do want to say, so, since we are taping this before 11, like, I, I, I kind of want to stay out of the prediction business because these, these guys don't even know what they're going to do, right? Like totally. literally Kay Granger doesn't even know how she's going to vote in two hours. So why should I predict how Kay Granger is going to vote in two hours? But uh, we, we do have a pretty hot YouTube page lately. I don't know if you've noticed it that people should mm. be subscribing to with, with, with more, you know, kind of on the minute commentary. So, maybe, you know, maybe pop over to there if, if anything uh, happened after we taped that that required, you know, my hot takes. But um, uh, here's the thing. I, I just I don't think they have, they don't have 217 votes for anything. And right. here's my problem with the McHenry thing. A- and maybe it'll happen as a very short term item. And, and maybe JVL can explain this to me because he's the game theory expert. But I don't understand why there would be, I mean, how many votes are they going to need? 50 for McHenry? 60? Well, like, why would 60 Republicans do something that Steve Bannon, Sean Hannity, Fox, Matt Gates, Jim Jordan can demagogue about, but five wouldn't? Like uh, to me, the the McHenry thing seems very challenging to figure out. Now, uh, is it that ch- could they figure it out for two weeks? Is there strength in numbers? Maybe. Which, what do you mean by that? When you say do the McHenry thing, do you mean switch and decide to make him speaker, or just expand his interim powers? Expand his interim yeah, powers. That's right. Yeah, maybe the Democrats and and some percentage of the Republicans come to some agreement that's like we can do the budget and Israel and whatever, something. And, and, you know, he's limited in that regard. Uh, but the problem is that there, I think there are going to be some people that that, ob- that could object to then, that, that he, he would then be subject to the motion to vacate, <laughs> right? And then other people could object to the fact that the Speaker Pro Tem does not have this power. And then you go into all these votes and are the Democrats going to have to keep bailing them out? Uh, like the Republicans are going to have to give the Democrats something juicy, in order for the Democrats – and maybe just a vote on Ukraine is enough because the Democrats are rightly worried that whoever ends up getting the speakership won't do that. But then if the Republicans give the Democrats something juicy to expand McHenry's powers in the short term, A, why does Patrick McHenry want to do this? He's going to be just annihilated from the MAGA world and he won't even get a portrait out of it. And, and B, again, like I'm saying, how do you whip the, enough Republicans for this? I, I, I'm not saying it's not impossible. I'm not predicting it. But I, like my feeling right now is that these guys just don't have 217 votes for anything. <laughs> and that's why I do not agree with Sarah's fantasy politics. Like I think for the good of the country, five people would work with Democrats. But I'm a little curious why there isn't one Kevin McCarthy style egomaniac in the Problem Solvers Caucus. Like, doesn't Brian Fitzpatrick or Don Bacon look in the mirror and say, I could get a portrait. I'd be gone next year, but I could get a portrait right now. Like, um, if I just if I just pulled over four people and, and got all the Democrats, uh, the fact that there hasn't been anybody with that kind of ambition is is, is a little bit not so surprising, but but a little bit surprising. But to me, that seems like a smaller lift than the than the short term McHenry thing. Okay, let's just pretend that Don Bacon did that, right? He's and went and became speaker. I mean, obviously, he would be primaried and would lose his his reelection. Yeah. You get a portrait out of it. He would get a portrait. He would then uh, get to get a bunch of lobbying dollars, maybe, Boards. but maybe not. 
Because once he's out of office, I mean, he then is viewed as the Benedict Arnold, the modern day Benedict Arnold. Nah, the woke corporate, woke corporate would put him on board. Yeah. J.P. Morgan Chase and all Do these. Do you know guys? how desperate yeah. people are for like a good Republican, uh, any bipartisan thing? I think you you live a great life. You do. You make one move. So I I mean, I agree with Tim. I just want them to do something. Like I guess Ken I'm, Buck's I'm, kind of doing this actually. Well, but Ken Buck. Bit. But here's the thing: What's Ken Buck's next move? TV. He wants a CNN. Yeah, contract. he's a CNN contract. Yeah. But like, good, go live that life. Great. Like, you can't find five people that like want to have that life. And also, th- and this is the thing that always makes me crazy when people are doing like real politic. They're like, well, the real, they're all going to get primary. And I'm like, or, or just hear me out. You can do the right thing. And then go off into the sunset, be rich, and a whole bunch of people will bow to you forever saying you're somebody who tried to save democracy and act like a and acted like a grown-up at a tough time. You get invited to these fancy Georgetown cocktail parties I keep hearing so much about. I mean, there's yeah. just there's a lot of upside. Did you see our boy Kim Buck? Did you see his interview with Dana Bash yesterday? It's it's like my favorite interview that a politician has given in a long time. So he voted for Tom Emmer. Who's like some random lead, you know, at the bottom of the leadership chain for speaker. And Dana says to him, she's like, so why did you vote for Tom Emmer? And he like doesn't give an answer. And she's like, do you even like Tom Emmer? And he goes, no. And she goes, really? He goes, it's kind of why I voted for him. It's a terrible job. <laughs> she's like, so you voted for Sony for speaker that you actually don't, that you actively dislike. Um, there's something about that kind of spirit of spite and principle in Ken Buck that I, uh, that I appreciate. But like, I, these guys don't have a plan is the is the real the other part of the the fantasy politics thing is like at least the the crazy eight you know remember back in the initial january vote first they were trying to get jordan and then jordan endorsed Mac- mccarthy and then they did the byron donald's gambit which was pretty fake and like pretty obviously tokenizing byron donald's because he was black and like hacking jeffries is black and like that was pretty transparent but like at least they had a figure that they were putting forth. Like these guys aren't, haven't even done that. Right? Like the people pushing back on Jordan, they're not offering an alternative. That's why we're falling back on this McHenry temporary speaker pro tem stuff because they don't yeah. have it. Because they're because here's the fundamental thing here: no one can get to seventeen. But Nobody can get to seventeen. But the point is, is like if that's the case, then why can't you start? Like at some point, there has to be something is going to happen. There's going to be a path forward or orthogonal, whatever. Like something's going to happen. So like. This is the point where I do start to play a little fantasy politics because the reality is there's no like obvious other thing that happens. If they just can't get to 217, so then what? Then what? The, I think McHenry. I, I think the McHenry thing is the obvious thing because nobody has to take credit for that, right? It's like, well, he's just – he's there already. Like we moved into this house and there was this bookcase there and uh, we just decided to put the gavel Very on the Very small bookcase. Right. We're going to put the gavel on the bookcase and we're not doing anything affirmatively. We're just, you know, just trying to, you know, whatever. And we can have this fight later. I mean, the deeper problem behind all this is that, of course, the Republican caucus is also riven on the actual, you know, we said there are five things they have to do. The Republican caucus does not agree with itself on what to be done about those things. They don't agree about what to do on Ukraine. They don't agree about the government shutdown. And so eventually what you're saying requires Democrats, though, again. Like yeah. At the end, eventually you have to get to Democrats. And the question is how many Republicans actually care about this stuff? Because there's a huge – the advantage that Jordan has throughout this entire process is there's maybe not a majority of, of the conference, but like a substantial – like if, once you count the Freedom Caucus, 
plus the 20 that opposed McCarthy, plus the eight. There's some overlap and all that. Like you're getting to 40 or 50 people that literally don't care if the House does nothing, right? Like there are at least, you know, a few dozen Republicans that do not care and they will go to the mat and they will not vote for a McHenry temporary solution and they will not vote for a McHenry permanent speaker and they will not vote for Steve Scalia, like, because they don't give a fuck. They don't it, what so what they're not we're not going to fund Israel and Ukraine and we're not going to fund a, you know and and we're not going to fund the deep state oh well so Jordan I always thought that Jordan might be able to get this and and you know I think maybe that the person the interpersonal issues are <laughs> maybe an understatement is might be the reason why not is that like he could at least tr- horse trade on that stuff right where maybe these guys would go along with him because he could horse trade because he's Jim Jordan. He has the credibility from, you know, his time attempting a coup and right, t- trying to get Hunter Biden arrested and impeaching. Right. Like he has for all the crazy shit he did, he has these chits. But like those guys don't care. So eventually you get to a point where it's we do nothing and the government shuts down or you need Democrats. Right. You need Democrats. So that's to me, that is like sort of where you wind up in your analysis. And like right. so there but when the government shuts down, though, not like today. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and who needs Democrats? That's the other thing, right? So who gets blamed? If you do the McHenry thing, there's nobody to really blame for working with the Democrats. It's just like the the Republican caucus is an amorphous thing decided to work with Democrats. Whoever voted for it. Because while all that is happening, Jordan and the conservative media complex is going, no, we cannot, the Dem, we cannot do this. We cannot fold to the Dems. I, I was in an Uber yesterday when the guys listened to Sean Hannity. Ooh, how lucky for there you. There are pluses and minuses about moving to Louisiana. A lot of pluses, a lot of pluses. And by the way, this is not inviting your opinion on my move. Um, a lot of people have, a lot of strangers have liked to give me their opinion on my move. It's been a wonderful move. But one of the downsides on the chit is that the Uber driver has Sean Hannity on. But it allows me to provide this content to you. Sean Hannity was like going hard on the McHenry thing. Like this is this is what the Dems want. You are giving into them. Everyone needs to get in line. Da 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 da. So you know. So there will would be repercussions politically for Republicans that did it. But this is where there's safety in numbers. I mean, this is why if you did it right. So if you got 50 people that don't care, you know, this is we were talking about this last time. Like I think you've got. 50 people who do care about funding Ukraine, funding Israel. And like part of the way, like I just think that everybody asks for not that much. Like they ask for things that are sort of broadly popular, like keeping the government open, funding Ukraine and Israel. And like they can horse trade a little bit because I, you know, they're not all the Dems are going to want to fund Israel. And so like you can find in this moment, why couldn't you find that? And and the punishment, because you're right, there are repercussions, but like when there are 10 of you or five of you, they can single you out. When there's 80 of you, it's much harder. But McHenry, why does he want this to do this? Isn't, no. isn't McHenry lighting himself on fire in the same way that Don Bacon would? What's, I just don't understand what's different about it. I don't know. Because if you're him, the future is uncertain. And in chaos, there's opportunity. And if you're, just, if you're the guy sitting in the chair, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And who knows what happens 12 months from now? Yeah. Right? Maybe he winds up as like the accidental speaker and the masses in power. I mean, you know, or maybe he gets tossed out on his ear. I don't. I don't know. No one knows your name, and now everybody does. I mean, there's some some of that. The Dems ought to ask for DC statehood. <laughs> pretty amazing. That, that ought team, to be the price. It's, it's pretty amazing. That I, are you a couple of Dems listening to this? I agree with this. Don't go in. You know, art of the deal. This fucking thing. Okay, <laughs> go in big. We're happy go to help big. you guys out. Yeah, DC yeah, statehood. We're happy to help you, yeah, we're happy to help you guys out. 
and um, and we'll start negotiating. And like our opening bid is DC and Puerto Rico. Okay, and then we'll start moving. <laughs> we'll start moving from there. All right, I agree. Like, why there there, there is going to be pressure on Tim's to bail these these people out because like, you know, the responsible median pundit. You know what I mean? Bob Costa and and the CNN pundit table. You know, will be like Democrats need to be the adults here, and we just lived through all this. But it's like, do they? I, why? They're always the adults. Uh, they these are guys the adults. Can't pick, can't, they can't choose a team captain. Like they're 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 a children's soccer team that is forfeiting because they cannot choose a captain. Yeah, <laughs> but this is like forget is like the idea that Democrats should just do it like for the good of the order. I think that's like kind of BS to ask them. Uh, and even and I'm sympathetic to some of that stuff, like because I want things I to be done for the good yeah, of the I order. Love I love yeah. that about you. However, like actually, the way to be an adult here is to go in and be like, guys, we'll bail you out. Here's what we want for it. And yeah. just to start going hard. like put the. And you know what? They should do it publicly. They should start publicly putting things on the table and say, like, the Democrats would be happy to work in a bipartisan way. We would love to do these things. And here's what we, we're asking for, for not that much. You guys got to fund the government and keep it open. You got to support our Democratic allies. And you got to give, yeah, give us one or two other things that we want. Like, do it. I think you need a little more. Yeah. Uh, because Ukraine is good. I, I mean, Ukraine is the thing that you really want in the end, I guess, because that's that's the thing that's on the chopping block, you know. Right. Like the idea that it's the Democrats that would have to negotiate to get us to support our Democratic allies <laughs> who've been invaded by one of our biggest geopolitical foes is insane, which is why I agree they that should ask for some other stuff that's just for in. them. That's yeah. not the world we grew right. up in. Yeah. They should ask for some other stuff that's just for them, like, I don't know, bring back the child tax credit or, <laughs> you know, you know, paid leave. Before we go on to Nancy Mace, very quickly, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, staying up to date on all the craziness that is today's American political system can take its toll on your mental health. I know it's chipped away at mine. And when your mental health suffers and you feel like your brain is getting in the way of the life you want to live... Therapy can be a great way to work through your issues and can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you might want to give therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great way to start. It's completely online and was created to be convenient and flexible to your schedule. Just answer a brief questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash the next level today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash the next level. Therapy is so great. Can I just say this? I just, you know, a lot of men out there, I, I, you know, I, I'm just, I can just speak for experience. Uh, I'm sure that, that women also, you know, sometimes question uh, the value of therapy or maybe they don't. I don't know. Um, but a lot of men out there are stubborn about this. I was. I was mm. like, I shouldn't do this. I don't need this. I'm tough. I've got a strong brain. No, you have a weak brain out there, men, middle-aged men. Go get, go get a little help. Spend an hour away from your kids <laughs> and, and talk about your problems. I, rec I do recommend it. It's great. That's it's one great. option. The other option is to take everything that bothers you yeah. and that you struggle with and just push it down <laughs> over and over, hour after hour, day That's after terrible. day, year after year. Don't that is that. another option Don't do that, that some people choose that works fine for them. Yeah, you know what I do for my mental health? Well, this is mean, actually. Yep. I don't. Well, I was gonna say skip the triad because yeah, I didn't need therapy until JVL started just telling me the darkness. I used to have like a good positive outlook, and now I just think everything's terrible. And 
You put me in therapy. And you know what? I'm getting you back for you two on the secret pod. You said that I wasn't your best friend anymore. I didn't say that, you really. Did. I, 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 you said you were in the market look, for a new I said best a lot friend of and you gave it to Tim. I said a lot of things. I, I have it. a lot of best friends is the problem. I'm like, I'm pretty popular. <laughs> You're the worst. I'm not like in the market for an additional one. <laughs> All right. Talk to me about Nancy Mace. Sarah and I had a nice long conversation about Nancy Mace in the uh, in the secret show. I heard uh, what were your thoughts, Timothy? Uh, Jake. I'm going to I'm going to butcher his last name. So I'm sorry, Jake. Jake LaHut. LaHut. Over at the Daily Beast. Caught a little tip that really just uh, like the shingles fell from my eyes when I saw when I when I heard this tip and it was like, cause I was like, what is Nancy Mace doing? Like this, this woman, it was a, was like kind of positioned herself as a moderate and like a truth teller. And she like picked the, these, the most random reasons to go against Kevin McCarthy. It's like, he's not nice enough to women. So I'm going to endorse Jim Jordan. Uh, like he doesn't care enough about sexual assaults. So I'm going to endorse Jim Jordan who covered up sexual assault. Like hmm. I'm going to wear this a shirt that is rather, revealing uh, and like i'm like what is what is this person doing is she had a mental break and then jake's tip came to me she thinks she can be trump's vp and here's the thing everybody said that this was crazy trump endorsed her opponent she 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 opposed him and spoke out against him he wants somebody that's loyal doesn't want another mike pence all that stuff makes sense but she looks the part donald trump likes to cast and and I, you know, I was watching Elise Stefanik give her nomination speech for Jim Jordan, and I just don't know if that's the person he's going to cast. That's just no. <laughs> that's just me projecting onto Donald Trump. That says nothing about Elise Stefanik, who I think is very ugly on the inside, and I'm not commenting at all about her outside looks. But she just the VP. Does she have the VP look? Christy Nome was out there. People were mentioning her. Okay, but you know the Corey Lewandowski thing. It's a pretty big mark against. I mean, I mean, Donald Trump has to like really disrespect Corey Lewandowski, and he's got to think that anybody that had an affair with Corey Lewandowski yeah. that so that you, you know just getting inside Trump brain like this is how he thinks. The list is kind of short of women. I guess he could go to other men and MTG and Carrie Lake. It's just uh, maybe, uh, uh, but like, does he worry they overshadow him? Are they a little too crazy? I mean, he he did make a real politic decision, and and Mike Pence. You know, someone that brought a little bit of balance. I don't know. All of a sudden, I started thinking it, and I was like, I don't think it's crazy that Nancy Mace thinks she might be his VP pick, actually. I'm not predicting it's going to be her, but I think that that's a rational it, – it took her actions over the last few months from totally irrational and random. Like, why is her and Matt Gates like, on the Bannon podcast? Like, like what is happening? It, it went from totally irrational to, like, hmm, I don't know that you're going to get it, but this, I think, makes sense. I think that – I think it's a rational calculation that Maybe she could, she be could even be the next Mrs. Trump. <laughs> One of the other things we know Trump likes is to make people bend the knee, right? He actually, it's, a, it's an asset to him That's when true. somebody has criticized him in the past. It is not a liability That's because what he likes to demonstrate <laughs> is, oh, did you hate me? Did you say all these things? And now you love me? Careful. That is, he needs, he needs a stand at what? What are you, what is he, Just, what are you doing with your face? There are a lot of metaphors. Back off of that particular metaphor at this moment. I hate you guys. It is like I, I can't even just like talk like a normal human without <laughs> being like being with like ten year olds. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's Tim's fault. 
you weren't even on the secret podcast. You should have seen JVL's eyebrows when we talked about Nancy Mace. He's exactly doing like he's this. doing he's doing this face you right now saying, that's very innocent. People exactly. get mad when I interrupt you. We interrupted you. You're you're pointing out that Trump likes it when people Yeah, I was just submit. saying that I don't think it's at all disqualifying that at one point uh she hated him. I think what he wants to demonstrate to other people is that, oh no, people who hated me now like me. You may hate me, but you too could like me. Uh, if you just got to know me, look at Nancy Mace will be here to validate that. Yeah, I think that if we were to take this idea seriously for five seconds, I think he would f- ultimately decide that she is too much of a lightweight. She looks the part, but she... <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird getting trying to get inside Trump's head. <laughs> like the ultimate Trump's like, oh, now she's a lightweight now. No, right. You know, I mean, I, I really think need. he would he would think like, no, actually, my 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 vp should carry herself like nikki haley but would have to be loyal like you know this is like the carrie lake carrie lake would have been perfect had she won her senate seat right or the governor's race i think it was the governor's race that's a shame okay yeah i'm taking it seriously i'm monitoring it that's all i'm saying i'm just putting it on the radar you take it seriously i'm monitoring it well, I think, well, I think to Tim's point is well taken that not not that Trump would choose her, but that it is a that somebody put it in her ear and the idea in her mind and that that now explains her behavior. And that, that makes sense to me. I hate having to say this on the TDS podcast because everybody knows that we think this. But just to be explicit about it, while it's a rational calculation, if you want to be Trump's VP, it is fundamentally irrational to want to be Trump's VP, given that the last person he tried to have hanged. Right. So, yeah. Well, that's a little. Know. I mean, it's a this little. This time it'll be different. A little odd. This right. time. This, this, this time it'll be different. Yeah. The leopards will not want to eat her face yeah. at any point. It'll be okay. Uh, Joe Biden is in Israel right now as we are taping. I tweeted there's a Maris poll this week. Uh, the end of the week. Did you see this, Sarah? Probably not. I wrote about it, so you wouldn't have seen it showing that two-thirds of the country, 65 66% of Americans, think it's very important for America to be publicly supporting Israel in this moment. And a majority of the country thinks that Joe Biden is doing a very bad job handling Israel. Now, in Israel, there are billboards all over the country saying things like, thank you, President Biden. The Israelis are, you know, if you're, we had testimony in the Sunday show with uh, with your buddy whose name is escaping me. Blake Slayton. Uh, who is over there right now. He's talking about, you know, watching the Biden speech with his friends and how moved they were by it. But Americans are not, you know, the American voters look at this, this Biden stuff and they're very, yeah, I don't know, could do better. I can't wait till you focus group this, Sarah, because I can't wait to hear what the swing voters are saying about Biden on Instagram. Have you already? Do you have anything for us on that? Uh, we did ask a group the other day, and you are not going to love this. It was swing voters. But only one person had heard Biden's speech, and zero people had heard about Trump's comments around Hezbollah. So mm-hmm. Trump called Hezbollah smart. Nobody knew that. Nobody had heard anything about that. And then, uh, yeah, they just only one person had heard anything about Biden's speech. And Biden gave the most historic speech concerning the U.S.-Israeli relationship by any American president possibly ever. And nobody, okay. Do they have thoughts about Biden's handling of the situation? I would say the biggest problem is that part of what's happened because of the discussion around Ukraine, uh, people have like the real America first. They've like internalized a lot of that. So actually what you get are a bunch of comments about like, 
we don't want to get into any war and like we need to take care of things here before we do anything else. So I would say that tends to be where people are on it. Awesome. That's frustrating. It's a little frustrating. Awesome. Um, he is doing a really good job. Um, he's doing everything that you'd want him to do. Going over there. Uh, his speech was fantastic. And we talked about that a little bit last week. And the polling is on Biden is bad, but it's, it's pretty encouraging, actually, on the just the conflict in general. Like there's not... You know, if you look at, I forget which, what it was, but um, this isn't really an apples to apples comparison, but but just, just as a baseline, you know, if you look at uh, who it was, this Quinnipiac, you know, the Republican Party is like straight split on Ukraine. Like it's a good half of the Republican Party, a straight half. It's like we should, we should just kind of let Russia take them over basically. And that is not true when the Democratic side on the Israel conflict. Like there is a divide on the Israel, on the Democratic side, but it's much more like 60-15. Like, you know, there's a loud vocal minority that, you know, wants whatever it would be, de-escalation um, at this point uh, while there's still hundreds of hostages out there. So um, that part is encouraging. Biden has been good. But translating it, I guess not. I don't know. I guess it's not on TikTok. I, I, I do think the media has done a pretty horrific job of covering Trump on this stuff. Like Trump's comment. It's not as if they they weren't covered. People did cover his comments. But like if Joe Biden had said that, you know, it would have been mass hysteria on every network. And, and that isn't the case for Trump anymore. And, and that's frustrating. Can I point out that one of the criticisms we hear all the time of Biden is that he is just being led by the nose of the radical left. And, and here again, the, you know, the, the radical left, to the extent that exists in America is quite separate from the main body of the democratic party. And Joe Biden has publicly rebuked them and is doing like, he's no credit from anybody for doing, and I don't understand it. I yeah, don't I get credit from Jews. Yeah, I like, think that's right. Uh, I hope so. And Israelis, I, I mean, I think this is where the fractured media environment, like if you are on the right, center right, the only thing you're hearing about, I mean, is what Squad. any lunatic on a college campus is yeah. saying. Um, and you're not hearing a lot about Biden's. It's so like in a different world, in a world of 20 years ago, like even on Fox News, there would be a bunch of commenters being like, this is good. Like Joe Biden is saying the right thing. But Today, they just ignore what Biden says and they just talk about like they find whatever whatever the crazy people are saying. Yeah. So long as there's somebody on a college campus or TikTok or Twitter somewhere. I don't think it's just college campuses. I don't want to like I think there's um, the, the point. Is, I'm, I'm not saying that there there isn't like this is a substantial thing, but this is a case where Biden is trying to get the Democratic Party right on this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is my not my party this week. It's like. Whatever your opinions are about all this stuff, it's just like if you are of the view that where the squad is on this is extreme, like that's still the squad and it's still college campuses. And over in the Republican Party, like they're looking at, you know, 200 members of the House wanted Jim Jordan to be the speaker. And, and and Donald Trump is winning overwhelmingly in the primary, right? So it's not to say that there aren't like some crazy people, right. on, you know, in every party. It's just like in one party, it's the people who are in charge that are the fucking crazy ones. Um, and, and that's, that's notable. Uh, the other thing is like my friend, Tom Nichols might get mad at me, but I've got a little, I've just got a little comment about this. I want to bring up, um, like the, 
expertise side of this stuff where, you know, there's folks that get upset. Like I, I'm like Sarah, I don't, I'm not doing TV on this. Like I, I know my limitations on all this stuff. I'm trying to skip book interviews with people who know more about me where I, I ask and learn more about them. But I have to have a little bit of skepticism about the experts on this, because if you look at the Trump at foreign policy, the one thing that all the experts said were good were the Abraham Accords. And I didn't really have strong views on them. Like, I, I think I literally wrote in my book one line that was like, maybe they were good. I don't know. Like, like they seemed fine to me, but I, I don't know. I'm not an expert. This is where all the experts are. But the more I listen to smart people on these podcasts and read smart stuff about this, like, it seems like it, that, again, I, I'm not blaming the Trump administration or the folks that were for this, but like the unintended consequences of that, of that. Like led to this kind of right. Like there are concerns among from Hamas in Iran that the Arab world's you know whatever you want to call it uh, normalization with Israel was like changing the balance of power, right? And that that had to be shaken up. Now there are a million like there are a million core reasons for, for why this stuff happens. But I I just what you're not seeing out there like on the left there are all these recriminations about like oh should we have done this should we have done that did Israel do this like that does not happen with the Trump world like i look i look at this thing and i was like if we were, if we were just running a demagogic anti-Trump podcast like we could do like the Abraham accords kind of caused this and oh by the way if you're a big fan of building walls i don't know the israeli border with gaza is pretty small and and had a pretty thick wall with pretty good security and that they'd spent a lot of money on it and and done everything and like didn't see that didn't seem to work right so uh, our well, our mexico border thing so like there would be ways to to demagogue the where where the trump folks are on all this stuff but like there there's no seriousness like there's no there's no reflection on that and and like they get this this goes back to the asymmetry they get this where like center left experts like gave trump credit on this and like that never happens the other way. Like that never happens. Never. There's no MAGA world people that never. are like, Joe Biden's doing good right now. You know, and like center left people gave Trump credit on this thing that like actually might not have ended up being that good. I, you know, like fundamentally might symmetry. not have worked out unintended consequences, good intentions and all that. But like here we Look, are. Look, everybody in the center left and, and the left and Democrats gave Operation Warp Speed. One of the few sure. good things that came from the Trump administration. Lots of credit, right? It says there is no version of that. There is... There is no like, you know, serious Republican person who goes, uh, actually, the Inflation Reduction Act uh, has turned out to be pretty good policy. Actually, the infrastructure bill has turned out to be very helpful. There's, yeah. there, there is that that doesn't exist. I mean, anti-Trump people like J-Pod wrote a good thing about Biden's speech in commentary. Right. But like he's he's anti-Trump. But like right. nobody from the actual yeah, MAGA world. From Trump world. So one of the things when Trump did that speech, uh, the insane speech where he called Hezbollah smart uh, and like kind of ranted about Netanyahu, which mm-hmm. I got no love for Netanyahu. But I did think like it was like Trump was like weirdly blaming him for like the like I was just like what are you even talking about it did seem like he got some angry phone calls because he definitely started to walk that back instead of doubling down he's he kind of recommitted to the pro-israel thing do you think this any of the Hezbollah smart any of that stuff hurts Trump at all no 
I do think he got angry pushback. He's got some big donors who are and, and big supporters and all that. And I do think he got angry pushback and and he sent out a bleat that was like, "I love BB hashtag," you know, and he has all the subtlety of like a sledgehammer. And I do think he gets <laughs> private pushback and like I think he responds. I do, you know, Maggie. This is all of Maggie's reporting. Always like it's like he'll do whatever the last phone call he got. Like you know, he'll send something out if one of his Tom Barrett calls him and tells him he should have done this instead, right? So, but but not publicly and not with voters. Meanwhile, just, just really quick before we get to that transition, I just want to read ahead. the recent Nancy Mace tweet that Sebastian sent. Sure. Hearing the establishment is desperately trying to tank Jim Jordan. I'm so tired of the establishment dictating what goes on in this town. It's time the people have a voice. It's time the people have representation that isn't dictated by a few power hungry players. It's a pot call in the kettle black right there. Sounds like a MAGA VP tweet to me, just saying. Anyway. Wouldn't the Nancy Mays thing all just be more explicable if it turned out that like, oh, she really has developed a taste for edibles, <laughs> right? Then you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, now it all makes sense. I don't, no, think, you've, I don't think you've done much with edibles, JVL. I think you're a lack of... I don't know. I don't know how, <laughs> how, that, how that stuff affects people. You just people. stop tweeting and go to sleep, dude. <laughs> Okay. Meanwhile, we have a DeSantis-Haley war, which has broken out. This is amazing to me. DeSantis's super PAC put out a, an attack ad on Nikki Haley. Here is the line of Haley's that they take and they, you know, they put them through the, the dark filter with, a, you know, can you believe what Nikki Haley is saying? Nikki Haley says, America has always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. That is the line which the DeSantis campaign sorry, is using. Is there, what, is there more? No, that's it. That, that's what she could says. You re, could you reread it one more time? <laughs> one more time. So you have Ron DeSantis. The ad is Ron DeSantis talking about how you know he is never going to let refugees from Gaza into the United States. Never. And then they give Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley says, America's always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. And then Ron DeSantis comes back on and says, yeah, that's right. She's just trying to, to kiss up to the, the liberal media and be political correct. And I don't care about that. I'll tell you the total number of refugees from Gaza you're going to see in America is zero. And, you know, if I were to say Republican voters think that you can't separate civilians from terrorists and they really just want to see all the brown people killed, you would say, oh, JVL. There you are being, you know, calling these people racist, et cetera, et cetera. I would submit to you, nobody has a lower opinion of Republican voters than Ron DeSantis because he thinks that this is what they want to hear. It's wild. It's one of the wildest ads I've ever seen. I think that uh, the main takeaway from that is that Ron DeSantis is now fighting for second place with Nikki Haley. And that he knows it. And I don't know if you've seen the donors are starting to demand consolidation, right? Because people are panicked that nobody's getting anywhere near Trump. And so the one thing they have some control over, right, is that they can start pulling the plug on other campaigns. And so you got Tim Scott's pack coming out and saying they're going to, you know, they're going to kind of fold it up, uh, which does that mean Tim Scott's going to drop out the fact that his pack is going to stop spending money? Like, I, I assume that's what it means. So like now they're in a fight over like who needs to drop out because who's going to be the other who's going to be the one alternative to Trump as the consolidation happens. So my guess is as you start seeing Scott and Pence, the donors start saying like get out. Uh and maybe even Christie. And so 
Nikki Haley and DeSantis are now in this this fight for second place. And sorry, so and DeSantis is making the argument that if Nikki drops out, her votes come to him. If DeSantis drops out, his votes go to Trump. And that's why he needs to be the alternative. And that's interesting uh, and probably a little bit true. But I do think that the donors have taken like a real second look. Like Nikki's arguing she's the only one with momentum, forward momentum. Also probably true. Well, there is a problem with, I mean, I guess, let's just say it's true. Let's just say it's true. I'm not sure it's true. Um, Let's just say it is. Okay, so 13 plus 7.7, that gets you to 20 point. Like, okay, so consolidation is not the problem. All right, like this was a this was a conversation for 2022 and early 2023 when all of us rightly were saying these, these so many people shouldn't get in this race. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Uh, but like and and I, Sarah, you even more so than me um, on that front. Uh, you know, I thought this was important. But like we're here, where we are now. Like Trump is above 50. Like the problem is get eating out of Trump. And so like fighting amongst themselves and it's just 2016 redux. And I just like on the substance of all this, again, it's like DeSantis doing the same shit he did when he started this thing. I, I will say I, the DeSantis's plane flight from Israel thing this week, yeah. like to me, like that was the kind of thing that DeSantis needed to be doing early to be like, look, Trump is obsessed with himself. He's bleeding. Like I'm going to be, I'm a problem solver. I'm going to own the libs. Joe Biden's tool. Like regardless of whether the merits of all this are true. I'm just, just speaking from a political standpoint, like Joe Biden's too old to save the Americans over there. I'm going to send air DeSantis in and bring people out. Like Trump's bleeding about himself, right? Like, he, like this, that was a good contrast for him. He could have put some, uh, some Mexican refugees on the plane over. Fact. And then yeah, dropped them that. in Israel and then brought fl- real Florida Patriots um, back. That would have been go. a twofer. That would have been a twofer. And that would that would have been good. So like that's a real contrast. This stuff, like trying to sound like Trump on the Muslim ban and getting to Nikki and attacking Nikki from this, it's just like here's what he said. Uh the Biden campaign put this out. He said this on Fox about Nikki. When it comes to bringing in refugees from Gaza, you're bringing in the culture that they're coming from. Just like, really? I mean, these kids, poor little babies that are like, are try, you know, need a place to live, like with the culture you're bringing in, what, what are you talking about? Like, you think that they're going to be terrorists? Like, this is an argument, by the way, for Georgia building a wall on its southern border to prevent panhandle of Florida from bringing its culture to Atlanta. Like, like these, these fucking people, like, it is, it is old school Charles Lindbergh nativist, horrific nonsense, and he's advancing it. Uh, because he thinks it's going to help him get to Trump's right. You can't get to Trump's right on this stuff. You can't get to Trump's right. Trump was the guy that said no Muslims allowed. Also, sometimes I just want to be like, do you guys know we live in America? Like, Thank do you. you. Do, yes, people bring their cultures with them. That's why we've got every kind of food that's here. That's why <laughs> we've got, like, we let a bunch of religions worship. Like, this is what we do here. It's called pluralism. And the it's all on our money. It's all on our money out of many <laughs> one that they people bring their cultures here. I don't know. how Ron DeSantis. DeSantis, uh, meatball. What do we say? That's probably DeSantis. I- I- Italian. Like, see how you assimilated? You even changed how you pronounce your name. I got, uh, that's the, the 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 same thing will happen with the Gaza refugees. Mm, I don't like to swear too much on these podcasts, swear. but f that guy. F that guy. My street has Vietnamese, Japanese, pizza. It's a wonderful street. I, I would just everything. like to put a little context in here right now. So we, we, we are talking about how Nikki Haley is surging, 
right? This is the general the general view that Nikki Haley is I didn't surging. Say, I didn't say surging. Don't I said you. she has momentum. Okay. So I had to deal with this on the circus last week. She has momentum. You know, because you need that media needs to have something to do. And so I love the circus guys. But they kept being like, okay. And you can really feel it. And I was like, can you feel it? I I was like, in every clip, I'm like, are we sure? (laughs) Is there something happening? So Nikki is at 7.7 points. Okay. Um, Which is great. Good for her. Since April 6th, Trump is up eight points. So Donald Trump has added more to his total since April than Nikki's entire number. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it isn't just like, well, oh, she's sort of, do you know who's really surging? Actually, when you look at the race, you look at, just look at the lines going up. Donald Trump is surging. Donald Trump is near his high water mark right now for the entire campaign. He's at 58%. He's closing in on 60. He's closing in on 60. It's almost November. Right. You know, we we're, were what, 14 weeks away from Iowa? I'm sure a DeSantis-Haley slap fight will resolve that. That'll change yeah. things up, change up the dynamic. The, the person who is actually surging and who has the momentum is Trump. He's much stronger than he was even as recently as July. He's up eight points from July or six points from July. It, you know, I think that one of the things that is clear, DeSantis, like, I'm not sure that his campaign that this like this stunt. I I hear you, Tim. That like he should have been doing this stuff all along. Like they never figured out how to run against Trump, even though they had all this time. I think they just thought people were going to want to move on. They were just going to fall into DeSantis's lap. But Trump is running an extremely good and extremely smart campaign, and Susie Wiles and Chris Lasavita are real pros. Who I have I have like real doubts about the their insides, like the moral parts of their insides, that they could work with Donald Trump. But actually, just since since the theme of this show, I think, is is how if you put something in context, suddenly sometimes people's actions make sense. Susie Wiles must hate Ron DeSantis so much. She worked for Ron DeSantis, and they kind of dropped her like a bad habit at one point. Then they kind of tried to end her, like they were mad at her, kind of tried to, you know, shit on her. And now she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not just going to beat you. I'm going to crush you. I'm going to end your political career. And they are out there with Trump. Like, if you look back now, like when DeSantis came to D.C. to try to get some congressional endorsements, and that day while he was up here, they released all of the Florida delegates supporting Trump. Uh, And the way that they are behind the scenes, making sure that the rules just the regular rules in the state, like it's making it really hard for somebody else to, to come after him. Like they are 10 steps ahead of DeSantis and of the donors. And like, they're just real pros. Um, the donors yeah. aren't even in the game. Actually. Yeah, they're not. It's like, they're just playing a bunch of fantasy. Forget stuff. being 10 steps ahead. You know, like the donors are on the sidelines playing shuffleboard. Yeah. Well, you know, if we can move Mike Pence out and his <laughs> 2.1 points, then go to the alternative and the, I don't know. And all these people are going to support Chris Christie Trump. is mad at me, apparently. Oh, boy. Why for is he saying this? I, I did an interview with a local New Jersey paper where I brought up the fact that Chris Christie is out there saying that he's helping, that, that he's here to stop Trump, but he's actually helping Trump, and he's helping Trump in his ego, and he needs to get out um, if he wanted to actually help Trump because he's no chance of winning. And I gave this interview to the New Jersey paper. You can re- you can see it. You can go there if you want. And uh, the guy's like, uh, Christie yelled at me. <laughs> And he's like, that Tim Miller, 
that Tim Miller isn't, doesn't know it. He's an idiot. He's a moron. Pointing his stubby little finger at him. I was like, sorry, bruh. Like these guys like don't like that. None of them are, none of them are doing anything. None of them are actually doing anything except making themselves feel good. I think you're overly hard on Christie Cause I think he's been like about as, I think he's been the best of the whole bunch in terms of, sure. you know, saying true things about Trump here. Uh, and that being said, Christie's whole, I think, pitch really was like he's going to get on stage with Trump, right? And he's mm, going to cut him sure. down. He's not getting on stage with Trump. Like, mm. that's just clear. And so I do think these guys got to start getting out. I just. He'd uh, be better served to stand outside Mar-a-Lago <laughs> and shout at him. Yeah. <laughs> you pussy. Get out here. If you're a real man, you'd get out here with a bullhorn. That'd be his best. That's his best play at this point. I'll, I'll apologize for, to everything if Chris Christie gets out there and does that. Okay. <laughs> Taylor Swift, Tim, you want to have this fight? I, I'm, I'll fight no, anybody. It's not really a fight. It's not Swift. really a fight. It's just, it's fine. If you if people like Taylor Swift, that's fine. I'm totally with you on the entrepreneurial spirit. I'm just saying, uh, men are bad. I get that. Straight men are horrible. Like ally, total allyship on this. Straight men <laughs> being horrible. But like, if you've had 18 boyfriends and they're all famous, and at the end of every relationship you write a song about how they're terrible. Maybe the problem is maybe the problem wasn't the eighteen boyfriends. Uh, maybe or maybe maybe you just maybe you picked eighteen really terrible people. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I just I'm a little bit confused about the girl power element of this. I get the girl power element of the of the entrepreneurship and saying f you to what's his name that tried to steal her masters and like the fact that she's getting rich and I, I love that and the pro economy stuff and that's all great. But like I don't know. I was watching an interview with Donna Kelsey. Savannah Guthrie was doing this interview, and uh, Savannah was like, "Must have must be nice to have gotten to hang out with Taylor." And Donna goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and I was like, "Donna gets it. Donna gets it." I mean, I like, just she's fine. It's all she's probably fine. She's probably fine. But like, I don't know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, everybody can do what they want. I'm happy if you want to just at life short. If you want to use your one life making out with every celebrity in the world and writing a song about how they're terrible. That's a way to live a life. That's a choice. But I just, I'm a little bit confused about the, about the girl power side of it. Why do you think it's all real? I just assume it's all kayfabe and it's uh, it's like a giant it's work all for her, which is again, awesome. I'm, I'm there for it. I love pro wrestling. I watch pro wrestling. I'm happy to be there for, uh, you know, a work or a shoot. I just wanted to be happy. I just wanted. I just. I just wanted to be satisfied. I gotta tell you, Tim. I wanted to be happy. I don't That's care all. about any of this, but it does sound to me like there's a little bit of shaming on your part for Taylor. Like, let her have all the. Let her. She's a big celebrity. There's every dude who uh, has ever, you know, had a decent ch- a charting song, dates a gajillion women. Uh, so she's a serial monogamous. God bless her. I, that, I first of all, uh, the I, female Leo DiCaprio. I do not care about Taylor Swift. I do not care about any of this. I can't believe that you guys invest in the psychology of these people. Like she has some good music, uh, and yeah, it's she's fine. got some it's good, good music, and she's the ultimate girl boss. What's not to love? This is like I'm your, your sweet spot. I, I'm Sarah. not shaming her. I, again, like I say, I think everything. I think it'd be fine. I just. You know, I, I don't know. There's the there the whole vibe. I just don't. I'm not vibing on the music. Is just okay for me. And the story of like every album is like why my last boyfriend is terrible. 
Okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's I fine. Mean, Maybe it's kayfabe. I don't know. I just want her to be happy. That's all. Can I? I just think that like a real happy girl boss story would be I overthrew the patriarchy. I got my masters back. I did Taylor's version, and I'm very happy and satisfied. When you found out that that hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik were actually buddies <laughs> in real life, did it make you not want to watch wrestling anymore? Because it, that didn't yeah, bother kinda. me. Yeah, well, hold on. Like, hold on. You're is. making the wrong comparison. So Tim loves Beyonce. I do. And <clears throat> as best, my, from what I'm aware of, that Lemonade album that she dropped was all about getting cheated on mm-hmm. and then like forgiving Jay-Z. Yeah. I don't find that to be an empowering story. Well, you know, life is hard and long and like, you know, she's got a partner and then she's got a kid, Blue Ivy, that comes out on stage and she seems to have a good life. And I mean, Beyonce, it's nice. I mean, it's tough. They, these people are all living different lives than all the rest of us, you know, so uh, like she's got a lot of Speak for help, yourself. I guess. My life parenting. is a lot like Jay-Z's. And Beyonce's. But I, but I, I, hear, I hear that. I don't, again, I, it's not a judgment thing. It's just like... And that's fine if you find that icky. I, it's just I a don't little... know. You seem to be taking like like that Beyonce, sh- you know, should just like accept being cheated on, and Taylor, I'm not saying she should uh, ex- you know, can't date eighteen guys, and when she breaks up with them, and you don't think cool Beyonce also cheated it. on Jay Z? You think Look, she's? I don't know. She's I don't actually monogamous? care about this. I'm just okay. decided. I just decided I'm going to fight about yeah, this. Yeah, fight about it. Just yeah, okay. I hear it. you again. Taylor Swift. I, I, I want everybody to do what's Beyonce. right for them. I'm just saying. It seems to me like Beyonce has found has is telling an empowering story. And, and Taylor is telling a story where, like, everybody is terrible to her. <laughs> and, I, I, and, these and meanwhile, she's breaking Spotify and bending Records. Apple. She's killing it. I know. Bending I don't get Apple it. I to don't her get will. It. What's, I don't know. If that's not inspiring to everybody at every level, right? Because we are all just cogs in the machine. All of this just means teenagers have too much power, too much purchasing no. power. And, and, you know, actually, here's the thing about Taylor Swift. And she's done this better than Bieber, but it's these ones, these kids that started so young, mm. right? Like when you think about the Eras tour, you're like, mm-hmm. Eras, you're like 33. How do you have Eras? And then you realize like she released her first like hit album at 17, and like she does have you know some time under her belt, and that means that she's she fans. started her career at 13. I mean, she was signed to a development right, deal it, at 13. Yeah, so like yeah. I've I've Taylor Swift does feel as young as she is. She's been around long enough that there's a generation of teens right now and tweens who can love her. And like we in our 40s still like she was still a soundtrack for us in our 20s. This is one of the things that I found so wonderful about the the era's movie concert is that it is a like a mass culture event. Like she had crossed it's over a mass and white she culture event. You know, there you get like three our colleague AB Stoddard went with three generations of uh, of women from her family to go see that. That's right. Her first album came out in 2006. Yeah, so I'm 26 when that happens. Yeah. It's uh, it's mass it's mass culture. It's mm. it's like when Barbie and Oppenheimer uh you know dominated the box office for a month. There were just there, it was all it was all parts of American culture were in that theater with you in New Jersey. There were Italians you know, there are Italian Italians Americans, and Irish. there were Irish yeah. Americans. Yeah, they were you know, both there. There were Scots. There were Scots Irish Americans. <laughs> probably in that movie not. theater. Probably not. There were probably some Polish Polish Americans. <laughs> a handful of Polish yeah, Americans. Just, uh, just all just cut cut across all of American culture. We we Everyone have very very few mass culture events anymore. Right, we're yeah. down to basically like the Super Bowl. That's it. Right, and it's nice whenever we. Sarah have. doesn't even watch that. 
it's nice when we have something the first that like half, half the bed. country watches and is into. I like that. I like feeling like we have a monoculture for a minute every once in a while. We don't need to live in a monoculture, but it's nice to have monocultural moments. I just want to say that I don't think we should have to pick between Beyonce and Taylor. Uh, I think they are there both, they're both icons. One of them is better uh, than the other, clearly. In both cases, I know enough of their music, which means they've permeated the whole... I love them both. I love this. This is a this is a perfect ending to the Next Level podcast. A strong Beyonce, a strong Taylor, and somebody that wants to unite us all together. That's kind of that's the spirit of the show, really. Yeah, they encapsulated into our divas. They may have together kept us out of a recession. Yeah, yeah. I am annoyed at the. I I wore a Beyonce shirt one of the days they were filming the circus, and that was the day they cut. Oh, I was just like you fucking assholes. I was like I was representing Team Bay on Showtime to the, but no. Anyway, so I had to do it right here on the on YouTube on the Next Level Podcast. Good show. Long show. Very uh, long. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, talk to us in the comments. Uh, whatever. Do, do all the things. We'll see you on Sunday.